Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome to the first ever episode of the Generation Jaguar podcast. I'm Jordan DeLugo. I'm here with my co-host, Scott Klein. How Hello. you doing, Scott? Doing pretty well. So uh, this episode will be a little bit different than most of our episodes because we've got a little bit of housekeeping to do to start out with. But um, we're going to start with some introductions, introduce you to ourselves, introduce you to Generation Jaguar if you don't know what we are, which would be pretty weird since you're listening to our podcast. But anyways, we'll go ahead and start with Scott, have him introduce himself, talk a little bit about why he loves the Jags, and just um, a little bit about his sports fandom. How's it going, everybody? I'm born and raised in Duval. I've been here all my life. Jaguars are pretty much all I've known. Um, been through some pretty tough times with them, but for some reason just stuck around. <laughs> Haven't we all? Um, yeah, I, a Texas fan, Longhorns fan. So my football fandom's kind of been a pit of despair lately. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, hoping, well. hoping that brighter signs are on the horizon. Very cool. So that's Scott Klein. You can find him on Twitter at Scott Klein One. That's at S C O T T K L E I N One. And I'm Jordan DeLugo. Uh, I've also been a lifelong Jaguars fan. I've been here in Jacksonville since 1991. I literally don't remember the Jack. I don't remember Jacksonville at all without the Jaguars, as I think Scott would say, and I think a lot of our listeners are probably on the same page there. So uh, that kind of leads us into what Generation Jaguar is all about. Uh, If you don't know, Generation Jaguar started out as a blog. In March of 2015, we're still a blog. We're actually the number one blog in Jacksonville, according to Void Magazine. Very happy about that. And uh, we also have a fan group. Our fan group basically watches all the Jaguar games together for the home games. We tailgate. Uh, All our members get to drink for free at all the home game tailgates. And then, obviously, we go into the stadium for the away games, we go watch them out at Bricks Tap House at the beach. And basically, our organization is just all about supporting the Jaguars and supporting Jacksonville, which is why our slogan is For the Jags, for Duval. So now that you know a little bit about Generation Jaguar, a little bit about me, a little bit about my partner, Scott Klein, we'd like to dive right into it and go ahead and start talking a little bit about what we've seen so far this season through four games. Um, We'll start with some headlines that have been going on the last couple of days. Uh, Aaron Colvin's back. That's huge for the secondary. Yeah, which is a secondary that's already shown a lot of improvement this year with the additions of Jalen Ramsey, Tashawn Gibson, Prince of Mukamara. This this basically is eating into Devon House's time. Yeah, that's a big thing a lot of people are talking about. Devon House, is he going to be a starter still? Um, With the excellent play of Prince of Mukamara and Ramsey on the outside and the return of Aaron Colvin to the nickel corner spot, where is there going to be a place on the field for House? That's a good question. He, I feel like he's going to be on backup duty. 
coming in whenever uh, one of the other guys wants a breather, if you can get Jalen off the field. <laughs> yeah, the one thing that's not great for the Jaguars but could be good for House's playing time is Amukamara's health. He's frequently been uh, inactive this year already, and with his uh, past with the Giants, his injury mm-hmm. history wasn't good there either, so... That could be perhaps House's saving grace, but he needs to perform a little bit better in order to have a future with the team. Yeah, he's been a lot of penalty yards in the last few weeks. Yeah, he's been chasing a little bit, and uh, it hasn't been pretty. So, um, yeah, Colvin's back. He'll man the nickel probably from the get-go. I'd imagine he'd start as the Jaguars' nickel corner this week. Instantly. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, too. If not, you know, it won't be a uh it won't be a long transition period getting him into the starting lineup. Yeah, he should see a lot of playing time. So then we've got Nick Marshall, who was a fan favorite and a coaching favorite last season. Uh after he was a quarterback at Auburn, he got drafted by the Jaguars as a corner. And um he was active for 13 games with the team in 2015, but uh, due to the additions of a lot of the guys we were just talking about, Marshall was placed on the practice squad after preseason this year. And then um, just uh, earlier today or yesterday, I can't remember which day it was, um, Marshall was signed by the Jets to their active roster after Eric Decker was uh, announced that he was going to be out for the season. Yeah, he was he was always a pro, kind of a project. Yeah, kind total of guy. project, but just that athleticism and yeah. length is just something that coaches covet and something was, that fans covet too. Yeah, he was a five star corner coming out of uh, high school, and uh, yeah, got in the right position at Auburn, got the quarterback, and then kind of took a step back, realized what was best for him, and. Uh, and hopefully does he does awesome up in the Big Apple. <laughs> yeah, I'll be rooting for him for sure. He never did anything in Jacksonville to get him in my doghouse. Except that fumble on the punt return. Okay, yeah, <laughs> there was one thing, but, you know, we won't, rookie we won't mistake. And uh, obviously it had to be tough for him going from a rookie being active for 13 games and then being mm-hmm. placed on the practice squad his second year. Um, but good for him, good for the Jets. Mm-hmm. He'll probably learn a lot from Todd Bowles, who's a great oh, yeah. defensive coach, great Absolutely. secondary coach. Darrell so, Revis? Just yeah, he could learn, yeah, he could learn some from Revis. Hopefully um, learn some from the other guys up there. But, yeah, I think that'll be a good situation for him. And then we obviously would be remiss if we didn't talk about the left guard. Yeah, um, it's it's weird that I'm almost – I'm I'm a little bit concerned with Jokel not being in the lineup. Right. <laughs> He's for been surprisingly so, solid. Yeah, for so many years, Jokel has been the bane of our existence as Jaguar mm-hmm. fans over at the left tackle spot. But this year, you know, he switched to left guard and he was playing pretty well. And uh, unfortunately, his knee just... Just about everything in there is yeah. He's going to need to... Is gonna have, I believe he had surgery already. Yeah, he did have his surgery and he looks like... He should be able to make a full recovery according to the doctors, but that full recovery will not come until after the season, unfortunately, for him. Mm-hmm. But we're without Jokel, so looks like we're going to have Patrick Omame starting Omame. based on Bortles' comments earlier today. Um, Which he filled in and uh, whenever uh, Jokel did go down. and Right. And seemed to do pretty well. Yeah, and he started nine games for the Bears last year, actually, mm-hmm. which is funny that his first game starting for the Jaguars <laughs> will be against his former team but he's a guy that was undrafted that fought his way onto the roster and mm-hmm. then fought his way into the starting lineup for the Bears and now he'll have his shot to perhaps establish himself as the Jaguars starter going forward he's a young guy I believe he's only 26 years old so he'll have a shot here and um his his uh forte is run blocking mm-hmm. which Ironically, he had been run blocking for Matt Forte. Yeah, hopefully. No pun intended there. <laughs> um, but yeah, hopefully he can open up some holes against his former team. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to see. I've still kind of been waiting to see us pound the rock. Yeah. With Chris Ivory, 
I always I, I always see every now and then they they try and do an outside run. They always try and stretch the field, and I I think I've I'm about at my wits end with that with that play call. Just throw it out. Yeah, that's frustrating, <laughs> especially with Ivory because. He's not a guy that you think mm-hmm. about having great lateral quickness, which is what you need to get mm-hmm. to the next level on those outside zone run plays. You know, run him straight up the gut, hit the A gap, and mm-hmm. just go with it. You know, or even or even uh, Yeldon for that matter. Yeah, he seems to be Yeldon seems to be to do very well in in just a mush yeah. where he can just just do a little jump cut, get out get out to the side and. Um, just interior bouncing it out to the outside or finding that or finding that hole up the middle. Yeah, Yeldon really stood out last week, but mm-hmm. I think he's actually played really well all year. The first couple games of the season there was nowhere for him to go. Yeah. At all. The and, Packers you know, in, in particular, I yeah. remember he, he I to me to be honest, the stats surprised me at the end of the game because I thought he did a decent job. There was just a lot of there was a couple big negative plays yeah that really ate away at that and those weren't him running backwards they were literally just the offensive line allowing mm-hmm. defenders to get in there as soon as he gets the ball clay matthews fighting through three blocks yeah <laughs> so um anyways hopefully the left guard spot will be all good hopefully omame can fill in for joke mm-hmm. well and uh Hopefully the run game can get going against a Bears defense that's been aver- been giving up a lot of yards on the ground. Yeah. Outside of that, we're, I think the only I think Tashawn Gibson didn't practice today. Yeah. But outside that, it's, it's yeah been Gibson didn't sailing. practice, but it, that hasn't been like a major storyline. It seems like yeah. he's the type of guy that's probably going to suit up on mm-hmm. Sunday. Yeah. So but it's yeah. It's, other than that, we're all healthy, all good, which is really kind of uncommon around Jacksonville and around the NFL as a whole. We've been seemingly injury prone dating back several years and we haven't really had our full complement of players on the field for some time, but it looks like we should be good to go this Sunday, which will be really exciting to see what they can do as a full unit. It's, It's refreshing to be not one of the league leaders with players on the IR. At exactly. This point. Yeah. You know, being able to field the team that you envisioned in the off season. That's something where not a lot of teams have the luxury of doing that and for some reason this year we've kind of struck gold. It hasn't really it hasn't really answered in wins. Right. But it hasn't translated, but you can see you can see how the health is really I think it all came together against the Colts mm-hmm. for the most part. There was a couple injuries out there, but um it looked good, yeah. except for the fact that the team still doesn't know how to close out games, which I think is largely on the coaching staff. Uh, but we can yeah. get into that later. Um, <clears throat> for now, since we've played four games exactly a quarter of the season, we wanted to kind of break down every position group and uh, just just uh, share with you our thoughts on every position group that... Uh, it's on the Jags, so obviously we have to start with quarterback. Blake. So, what, what are you are thinking you about Blake so far? He's just in a funk. I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure exactly what's going on, but <clears throat> it's almost night and day from last year. He started he started to, to look a little bit better against Indy. You know, he ran, ran the ball a couple times, scored a touchdown, um, ended up when we had to move the ball, he he stepped up and Alan Ernst made a couple guys miss. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't hurt. Yeah, that definitely helped the stats there. Um, for me, I am kind of in the minority when it comes to Bortles. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody's saying he's had this huge regression this year. I don't see that. Against the Packers, he played a pretty damn good game aside from a fluky interception Marquee in Slee the first quarter. Help. Um, I thought he played really well in that game. He averaged eight yards a completion, and um, he really just wasn't helped out a lot by the rest of his players or by the Mm -hmm. uh, play calling, and I thought he had a pretty good game that week. Then you go to San Diego and Baltimore, and he had probably the two 
worst back-to-back games of his career. Mm-hmm. He threw five combined interceptions in those two games. It was just ugly to watch. And, and some... that is when, the after the Ravens game, people really started freaking out, really yeah. saying, has Bortles regressed? Is this going in the wrong direction? And it clearly was going in the wrong direction, but two games, to me, is not a sign of clear regression. You know, you can't take a two-game sample and say this guy's terrible or take a two-game sample and say, this guy's great. Mm-hmm. You just can't do it. So then he responded after those two terrible games. He responded in London against the Colts. And, um, you know, he didn't play perfect. He's not. He didn't hit every guy that was open downfield, but he didn't turn the ball over. He used his legs a lot more, which is something I think he needs to do. Yeah. If he doesn't find something open, he's more than capable of uh, taking the ball downfield, getting five or more yards easily most of the time, and uh, just helping keep the team in manageable situations mm-hmm. instead of holding the ball too long, taking sacks or throwing interceptions or even fumbling the ball, uh, strip fumbles. So, like, I thought Bortles, what he did last week, showed a lot of uh, – just a lot of understanding of what he was doing wrong before and just trying to correct it and help mm-hmm. his team win. And this team really lives and dies by Bortles. Uh, if he can play well and not turn the ball over, that's really what they need to yeah. rely on. Is no if he can limit the turnovers, this team should be able to be in the, be in the game at the end of every game. So uh, moving on from Bortles, we'll move on to our wide receivers who heading into the season perhaps was one of the most talked about position groups in the NFL Mm -hmm. on a national media uh, from their standpoint and um, for good reason. I mean, Allen Robinson and Allen Hearns both had tremendous second seasons as pros last year. I think they combined for uh, 24 touchdowns. Something like 2,400 yards together. Um, So, yeah, there was a lot of hype, but it hasn't really been as uh, impressive as we would have thought four games in. With the big question, the big absentee for me is where has Hearns been? Outside of – I was watching the Colts game, and until he made that one big play, he was non-existent. Yeah, he really was – but he did make the one big play. <laughs> that's all it takes. So that's all that really matters. Um, they do seem to have improved since week two. Mm-hmm. Against the Packers and the Chargers. Well, against the Packers, the offense just had a tough time getting things going through the yeah. air. And then against the Chargers, they never even had a chance. That team was not prepared to play a football yeah. game that day. They just weren't ready. So um, I think the wide receivers are fine. I think it's cool that Marquise Lee has stayed healthy. Yeah. yeah I don't it's... think it's cool that he's ran two terrible routes that led to interceptions. <laughs> I also don't think it's cool that we haven't been able to hit him for a big pass play yet downfield. Yeah, we really haven't pushed the ball downfield. Yeah, we tried at once. All that I can remember. Yeah, we tried once last week, and um, Bortles just missed Lee, but. Got to try to get Lee downfield, and then or anybody, yeah, for that matter, yeah. Like, Hearns Alan and Robinson Rob- are both yeah. great at going vertical. Just, just do it. Um, and then you've got Rashad Green, who, in my opinion, needs to just focus on being a punt returner at this mm-hmm. point. Uh, he's too small, in my opinion, to take a pounding that the slot yeah. receiver would take in the NFL. Um, like, you think Wes Welker's small? Look at Rashad Green. Like, Rashad Green might be taller than Wes Welker, but the dude is, like, real thin. Um, I love him. He's a great Went to school with him at Florida State, even though I'm a Gator fan. Yeah, I know everybody's going to be like, what the hell is wrong with this guy? (laughs) But anyways, I love Rashad Green. Would love to see him pan out as a wide receiver, but so far this year and last season, it really just hasn't translated to the field for him as a wide receiver. Love him as a punt returner, though. Um, and then you've got, obviously, Aurelius Ben, who... Did he actually... Did he get cut yet? 
I know he played in the last game and he didn't look very good. I think he's still on the active roster. Not a big fan of Ben. They ran one of the worst plays to him yeah. at the end of the at the end of the end of the game. It was terrible. But uh Oh my god. You know, what are you going to do? Run trying to run out the the clock and you throw a 2-yard out route and he runs out of bounds. Yeah, that was pretty frustrating. So, I like Aurelius Ben. I just don't no. know what he provides to our team specifically. Um Pardon the interruption while Scott opens his beer over Excuse here. Me. Sorry. <laughs> I was trying to be sneaky about yeah, it. Yeah, Scott's trying to be sneaky opening up the beer. Anyways, um, uh, other than that, at wide receiver, you've got Brian Walters, who's just old reliable. Love yeah. Brian Walters. Can't say anything bad about the guy. He always catches the ball. He's he's not gonna he's never gonna do he's never gonna blow your socks off, but he's he's gonna be there. He's gonna make the catch when you Throw it his way. Yeah. Now, since we've covered wide receiver, we can move on to running back, which has been a bit of a... I shouldn't say a bit of a... It has been a major disappointment, the running game has been this year. Mm -hmm. Which, obviously, that's not all to be blamed on the running backs. They've been getting nailed in the backfield a lot, not been getting a lot of room to work with. And maybe the play calling hasn't favored their running styles so far. I think they're still trying to figure out, just the in the flow of the game... Who to put in, in what position, um, and with Chris Ivory missing, missing with a, a few mysterious weeks with a, with illness, who knows what it could be. Um, I think just trying to with with him just coming in this off season, um, trying to figure out what's the best way we can use him to help our team yeah. in conjunction with this rookie that we have or, or this young football player that we have. Right, um, it's. It, typically, stuff like that takes a little bit. Um, you're right. I don't really think that the coaching has had the best play calls in as far as the running game goes. Um, but you know, I think we got two good, good young backs that can really do well if put in the right position. Yeah, I'm with you. I like both of them. I think they're going to rebound. Hopefully, this week against the Bears, they'll rebound. They should. As Please. the Bears have been giving up almost 120 <laughs> yards a game on the ground. So, the running back position, still up in the air. We don't really know. It looks like Yeldon's the real deal. Like, even when he's getting tackled in the backfield, he's making people miss. Like, mm. I love Yeldon. I think he's the man. I, I like Ivory, too, but I'm really... I'm really on the Yeldon bandwagon. And we're not even mentioning, like, Denard Robinson or anything. That's that's no. to where it is now. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, it's crazy. Denard's story kind of reminds me of Nick Marshall's story. Yep. Not even because of the fact that they were both college quarterbacks, but Robinson's a guy who got a lot of play in his younger days, and now that he's getting older and the team's getting more depth and more skill at running back, he's a guy that... Might not even be on the roster come uh, the end of the season or going into 2017 season. Um, so the running backs, again, the uh, narrative is yet to be completely written for them. I think we got some good guys in, in that group, though. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're we're excited about the running backs, but we just need to see what happens with them. With the tight ends... I think they've been pretty impressive. Obviously, Julius Thomas has dealt with injury a little bit. He missed the last game, but Mercedes stepping Mar- up. Yeah, Mercedes had like the best off season he's ever had, and yeah. it's translated onto the field. He's never going to be a tight end that gets like five catches a game on average, but he's a guy that can help your passing game when you use him in the right situations, which it seems like they really have done that. They love that tight end a lot this him. year. Yeah, it works somehow. Because <laughs> the he's defense like, literally has no idea. Yeah, he's a, he's not a fast tight end by any means. It's uh, kind of rough watching him run down the field. <laughs> yeah, it's fun though. It's great. You got to love Mercedes. He's, he's our awesome. longest yeah. tenured Jaguar. Um, but uh, aside from Mercedes and Julius, Neil Sterling. I've really liked what we've seen out of Neil Sterling. Yeah. It hasn't been a huge sample size, but... He made some nice plays against the Colts last week when he was forced into duty because of Julius Thomas's injury, and I think he's a guy that this team needs to really focus on um, grooming mm. and developing into a player that can cause 
mismatches for opposing Absolutely. defenses when he's on the field. Because when 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 I heard we drafted a what was it six five two hundred forty pound wide receiver, that just uh, th- those numbers alone yeah. just blew me You're away. Like, no, that's a tight end. <laughs> and apparently the Jaguars thought the same thing. So uh, our last position group on offense, we've got the offensive line. Uh, the Jaguars' offensive line has been much maligned for seemingly ever. Uh, they have not been good in a long time. and They haven't been great this year. The run blocking obviously hasn't been, this, mm-hmm. been there, save the um, Indianapolis game, which maybe they'll build off the play of the um, run blocking mm-hmm. they had in that game, or that could have been an outlier against a bad defense. We don't know yet. Um, Omame should help with run blocking. Pass blocking, I would probably have to give the edge to Jokel, but mm-hmm. we won't be able to won't be able to see what happens with Jokel probably for perhaps ever again. Yeah, he might have played his last down as a Jaguar this year. Yeah. So um, aside th- from that, I think that I was I was a little bit I wouldn't say concerned. But curious how Linder will uh, turn yeah. out moving to center. He's been awesome. He's been solid. Yeah, he's he's a great player. He's I did a uh, top sixteen players of twenty sixteen for mm-hmm. the Jaguars over on RiverCityRogue.com, which is also a new website we're helping out Check with. Check it out. It's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. River City Rogue just covers all things Jacksonville and beyond. Um so yeah. Brandon Linder was my second best Jaguar, and I think that he could. Maybe he was pissed off that he was number two, <laughs> and he's really taking it out on opposing <laughs> defenses right now because he has, in my opinion, been the best Jaguar so far this year. Um, aside from that, you know, Kelvin Beecham, he's been good. Like, you yeah. got to be happy with what <clears throat> Beecham's done, Real especially. Scary moment. Oh, yeah, when that concussion was very scary. But, I thought um, he was going to be gone for a while. For a while, yeah, it did not look good, but it ended up being much less serious than it appeared. Mm-hmm. Somewhat similar to the uh, Alan Hearns injury yeah. Um, yeah. towards the end of last year, that he was just on the field for like ten minutes. Uh, like I didn't know if he was dead, what was going on. I was <laughs> yeah. very it's a scared. Scary moment. Yeah, so um, glad he's all good. Glad he's back and ready to go, and uh, he's playing well. I don't love Parnell right now. Um, yeah. I think that's right tackle position is probably something we're going to look to upgrade in the offseason, but yeah. I think he's fine. I don't think he's costing us a ton of games. I think looking at this team, um, speaking of the offensive line in general, I think that's one of the areas we're going to target in the draft. Not necessarily early rounds, but looking for guys that can come in, push for the start push the starters or provide depth yeah because that's a that's well you know we really haven't done that yet um yeah i feel like under the gus bradley dave caldwell regime we haven't drafted except for luke jokel which was our first draft pick on under the regime we haven't drafted an offensive lineman in the top two rounds other than him so um maybe they'll do that this year i wouldn't be upset about that at all so the offense, which was clearly the bright spot in 2015, has been much less of a bright spot it's, in 2016. It's kind of a night and day, really. Right. The defense but, has been holding on, and the offense just hasn't really seemed to do their part over yeah. the last few weeks. Yeah, well, a lot of that has to do with the blocking, and a mm-hmm. lot of that has to do with Bortles throwing five interceptions in two games, Absolutely. the middle two games that we've played so far. So hopefully they'll uh, perform more like they did in Indy the rest of the way. And I don't think that's hard to guess that that will happen. I yeah. think it's safe to say they will play much better than they did. Especially in our division. Yeah, <laughs> against San Diego and against the Ravens. I think this offense is really ready to have some fun and um, really show the league why they had so much hype going into this year. Now, for the exciting part, 
which we did not anticipate. Well, actually, I will say I did anticipate it. <laughs> I thought the Jaguars would be a top 15 defense after all the additions they made this offseason, and they have been. Um, their D-line uh, didn't start out super hot in the first week, um, but since then, I'll tell you what, these young kids are just really stepping up. Yeah. Uh, you know, Unique Ngakwe is all over the place He's with his man. Oh my three a sack in three straight games, a forced fumble in three straight games, and then somehow he gets an interception thanks to his uh, tag team partner, Dante <laughs> Fowler, deflecting a pass. So those two guys, and Fowler has two sacks of his own, not to mention many other pressures. So those two guys have been awesome. How about, uh, what have you thought about Malik Jackson, the Jaguars' biggest free agent signing ever really to to be honest i was after the first game i was like where is this guy what did we pay for but ever since then he's been coming along and he's he he does he's not the most talked about kind of guy because he's in the middle he kind of gets mushed around and and all those guys but he's putting pressure on the quarterback he's pushing the pocket he's he's making great plays yeah it's I'm with you there. I was a little worried after the first week, but since then, I'll tell you what, Malik looks like a $90 million man. It seems like routinely interior linemen just have no chance against him, and he's creating pressure that leads to big plays for the defense. And uh, uh, He only has one sack, but you cannot look at his stats to mm-hmm. see the whole picture. He he's, is really doing He's well. more about... Push, push in the pocket, keeping the quarterback from being able to step up yeah. away from the defensive ends, which is letting letting the young guys come in and clean up. Yeah, and it's great. And I and to be honest, I'm kind of glad we hit on Malik and kind of missed out on the other yeah free agent signing. <laughs> I really wanted Olivier Vernon a As lot more I. than Malik this off season, and I think I'm not very... at that price. Well, that yeah. was. I didn't think that his price tag would get that high as it did. But um, I'm very happy with Malik right now. Um, Jared Audrick, what's up with him? I know he's been injured. Uh, He's had some weird things going on on the (laughs) sideline, freaking out. I think he's venting a lot of frustrations that a lot of people are having right now. Yeah. Um, we We got the guys that we think... We should have gotten to be able to win in this league, and for some reason it's not coming together. Whether I don't know if he was, we don't know what he was angry about. The coaches know what he was angry about. He, they were the ones that were hearing what he was yelling about. Yeah, but I just think it's just you. You keep doing. You're giving everything you've got. You think you have the recipe to win, and it's just not coming out in your favor. Yeah. I think it was just boiled over, and and the refs were getting on to him about calling them offsides when he. I guess he didn't really feel like he was. Right. <laughs> but yeah. he's, you know, he's a, he's a solid guy. I've, I've ne- I haven't really been a fan of the big end all that much, but he's Maybe. not a guy that I'm going to be complaining about. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he is what he is. I think he's okay against the pass, pretty good against <laughs> mm-hmm. the run. If he's playing against Miami, he's great. <laughs> yeah. Let's just play the Dolphins every week and he can get a game winning sack. Um, Anyways, moving on from the DL, which I think the defensive line has really shown their stuff in the last mm-hmm. couple of weeks. I'm I'm pleased with their progress to the linebacking core, which I don't know what's more exciting, the linebackers <laughs> or the cornerbacks, but we'll start with the linebackers. Uh, thank goodness Miles Jack is finally on the field. Free! He's free! And, like, you know... Like you were talking about the big end, elephant end, auto is that other position on the defense that you're just like, why are they pigeonholing themselves if, if the with auto, this player? If the auto position is keeping Miles Jack off the field, throw Change it away. The position. Get exactly. it out of here. Exactly. I don't want it. So, anyways, we're not going to vent too long about the <laughs> auto position, but we're happy Miles Jack's on the field. He played really well in his first game, and I think he's just. He's just got a knack for playing football. And I think he had a quote today. He was talking about playing the auto position, and he said uh, something about he wants to freak out the auto (laughs) position. Like, I don't know what that means, means. but I think I like it. (laughs) I'm not sure, but I think I do like it. And then uh, the 
incredibly hated on Paul Puzlesny. Yeah. You know, how's, he... How's Travis Benjamin doing? <laughs> yeah, right. He, uh... God, I think he's still running. <laughs> yeah. Puzlesny's played well. Uh, I think when he's put in the right position to play mm-hmm. well, he does play well, and he shows yeah, up big. Absolutely. And, uh... You just can't have him covering a wide receiver down the field. I don't think no. it's very complicated. It's not the can't do it's that. not the player he is. Yeah, that's not him. Don't make him do that. If you're listening, Todd Wash, do not <laughs> have Puz Lesney covering any small receivers downfield or any receivers for that matter. Um, I saw Yannick Ngakwe covering T.Y. Hilton. Yeah, yeah, that was bizarre. What is going don't know on? What that is. Um, he actually didn't do terrible. No, though, he did. Which is crazy. But just just the fact that you have a defensive lineman running 20, 25 yards down the field with a wide receiver is just bizarre. It is. It really is. <laughs> um, so aside from Miles Jack and Paul Puzlesny, we have perhaps the Jaguars' Best player on defense right now, and Telvin Smith. Telvin. He has just been electric this whole season. He hasn't been giving up any plays downfield, which is what people criticized him for coming into 2016. And uh, he's been just awesome against the run. Yeah, I was I was worried in preseason. Yeah, back I was to back, too. I'm not going to lie. I think it was against the Jets. Started doing the same stuff. Oh, here we go again. Yeah. And then the season, the regular season kicked in, and he has been a man playing with his hair on fire. Yeah, he's he's awesome. It's un- I, coming out of college. I thought, okay, he'll be you know a guy who can be great in pass coverage because he's so quick. Um, he'd get pushed around in the running game, but that's not the case at all. No. He's an excellent run defender. He just finds a way to not get blocked and then to lay out people exactly. that are like 10, 20 pounds bigger than him somehow. And uh, you just got to love it. He's fiery. He's like 218-pound linebacker <laughs> just running around. Soaking wet. Yeah, exactly. So uh, got to love the linebacking core and what they're doing right now. I just want, And that's a far yeah. cry from two years ago. The linebacking core was just inept. Yeah, it was a decrepit, depleted, yeah. just ragtag group of who's and what's it's. So, uh, yeah, I got to say, though, for all the people that give Puzzlesny crap, He's been playing good this year. The, yeah, last and, couple of games he's been playing. playing and well. he was helping out his neighbors board up during uh, I saw the preparation that. for Hurricane Matthew. So props to you, Paul Puzlesny. And uh, MC Wale, if you're listening right now, Puzlesny's playing good. And I think you're just <laughs> damn wrong about Puzlesny. But uh, that's a conversation for another day. So uh, now we've done the linebackers. We'll move right on to the cornerbacks. My favorite position. Which, I mean, obviously... It should be every Jaguar's favorite position. Yeah, obviously the most exciting and most, uh, I guess, media-worthy guy on the team is Jalen Ramsey. He has this swagger. He backs it up with his play on the field. And uh, he doesn't mind getting into it with opposing players. If I could have him play Steve Smith... Every game this season, <laughs> yeah. I would. It's a show. I would sign up to watch that. Mike both now. those guys up. Just mic oh them up and just uh, just have have one camera follow those two guys the whole game. I'm I'm sitting and waiting for the press release of the interview of the 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 post game interview with him. Yeah, just to see what he's gonna say next. Yeah, Ramsey's awesome. So uh, on the field, you know, he can just do it all. He's big. He's long. He can run with anybody. He can uh, change of direction. He's got that going on for him, which for such a big guy, it it's just rare. You don't see it. And then combine all that with his like forty-inch vertical. I don't. He's just ridiculous, <laughs> and his instincts are ridiculous. You see him constantly. Uh, he'll be covering his own guy in man coverage, but somehow he'll make a play on the ball that's intended for someone else's man. And he doesn't do it because he's jumping the route like way early. He just sees the quarterback release the ball, watches his eyes, and goes and finds the ball, and it's awesome. I I don't know what it is about these kids that go to school in Florida, but they have this swagger. Yeah, they do. With Telvin and Jalen and Dante. Yeah, man. It makes me excited. 
just to see them jumping around in yeah, the Yeah, man, you're waiting. about to jump out of your chair I'm, right I'm now. I'm ready to go. We need to get you some shoulder pads. Well, hold on now. <laughs> hold on. Let's not get too far. But no, it's just they they make me excited whenever they're out there making plays. They're jumping. They're yelling. They're ready to go. And it's it's just it's it's so much fun to watch. It really is. Um, so aside from Jalen, like even if Jalen wasn't there, the cornerback group might be one Prince. of the most exciting groups on the team. Because yeah, like you said, Prince Prince oh, Amukamara, like playing so much better than I thought he would. I knew he was good. Yeah. Yeah, I, I always I knew he was good too, but like the injury bug has always caught up with mm-hmm. him, and yeah. I don't catch lots of Giants games generally. And uh, when I was watching them, I seemingly uh, wouldn't see him because he wasn't playing because of injury. But since he's been in Jacksonville, I think he you can definitely argue he's been the team's best cornerback. I mean, yeah. you wouldn't ever <laughs> say that he's going to be maybe even next year, but, like, right now, he might be the team's best cornerback. It's either him or Jalen, yeah. to be honest. They're, yeah. they're, they're, they're playing such at such a high level. The only person that I see really get picked on is Devon House, yeah. who's not and it's been probably going to lose all playing year. time. That Randall Cobb touchdown against Devon House, like, mm. I feel like he's just that guy that's never in terrible position, yep. but somehow the ball always gets completed on him. Yeah. Like, he was all over Randall Cobb in the end zone. Jalen Ramsey's dragging Aaron Rodgers down to the ground, and somehow Rodgers flings the ball, and it just finds Cobb's hands. I think it was that. I thought it was Devontae Adams. Oh, maybe it was. Devontae. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, that play, y'all know oh. what I'm talking about. Ramsey's dragging Rodgers to the ground, and House just is right there to make the play and can't make the play. It's just... He's just always so close. It, it's kind of like the um, the Houston game last year, where it seemed like every time they looked at... Hopkins. Yeah. And he was right. House was right there. He made there. some ridiculous plays. That'll that happen when you're playing just, against Hopkins. Well, yeah. That's, it's hard to say you're going up against what's one of the best wide receivers yeah. in the league. But it's just, he's he's he he plays really well. Yeah. But with between the close calls and the penalties, and to be honest, this guy's just playing better than him. Well, we're running out of time here, so okay. we need to... Uh, Move on from the cornerbacks to the safeties. And real mm-hmm. quickly, I'll just say, still don't love John Cyprian, but I can yeah. tell he has been playing better this year. I do, however, love Tashawn Gibson. He hasn't showed up consistently yeah. all the time, but I do like what he's doing. I do like that he was able to make the interception that should have helped win us the game against mm-hmm. Baltimore. Um, I'm a fan, <clears throat> bottom line. Yeah, I we're on a little bit different... Uh, stance on that i to be i haven't and it's not to be um not to say i'm disappointed in him i just i haven't really seen much yeah you know i haven't really noticed him being a difference maker outside of the interception that jalen kind of did a tip to him him. (laughs) yeah Yeah. here you go buddy yeah um so you know what about sip though real quick thoughts yeah um you know he's getting hosed by the refs once again, you know, it's, but he's, he's just, don't put him in coverage. He's just, I, I know that's, that's easier said than done because yeah. you don't want to be predictable as a defense, but he's borderline a liability. Yeah. I mean, he, you put him in the box. Sometimes I worry about his tackling, but outside of that, it's hard to. Yeah, like he hasn't been perfect, obviously, yeah. this year, but I and think I he has been better. I think this is one of his better years. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that is it for our position group review four games in. Um, I'll remind you, you're listening to the first ever episode of the Generation Jaguar podcast. You can find Generation Jaguar online at genjag.com. They cover all the latest. Uh, do it. All, yeah, do it. <laughs> they cover all the latest Jaguars news analysis. They're, we're on top of everything. You can find them on Twitter at Generation Jag and on Facebook and Instagram at Generation Jaguar. I'm Jordan DeLugo. Uh, you can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Jordan DeLugo. That's J O R D A N D E L U G O. I'm here with my ho- co host Scott Klein, and you can follow him on Twitter at Scott Klein1. Klein is spelled K L E I N. 
I guess I got to start tweeting a lot more now. Yeah, man. You just, just got to get on. It's a duty now. It's a yeah. civil duty. <laughs> yeah. Our, our listeners want <laughs> to hear what you have to say, Scott. All right. So, anyways, we've been taking up way too much time. Yeah, we got to rush We're going to have to rush through the uh, preview for the Bears game, but I think we can get it done. So, for setting the table with this one, obviously, health is always a key issue in every NFL game. They got a lot of guys out. Yeah. The Jaguars are healthy, and the Bears are not. Jay Cutler's out, which has actually been a blessing for the Bears. We'll get into that. Kyle Fuller's out. Eddie Goldman's out, Pernell McPhee's out, Lamar Houston's out, Kevin White's out, Leonard Floyd's out, the list goes on and on. And those aren't just names. Those are guys that they were heavily reliant upon heading into this season. Yeah, those are first-line guys on their team that they were hoping to rely on. Yeah, they're decimated by the injuries, but, um, you know, they still were were able, uh, offensively at least lately, they've been able to play good. And a lot of that has been at least in part, to Brian Hoyer. Brian freaking Hoyer. Who knew Jay Cutler getting hurt was the best thing to happen to the Bears? Yeah, well, I bet you a lot of their Bears fans would say they knew it all along. Because I think a lot of them have been fed up with uh, Cutler for a while. But uh, anyways, Hoyer just been incredible the last three games. 108 passer rating on the season. He's thrown for 300-plus yards in the last three games. And uh, he's on a real hot streak right now. And on top of that, last year when he played for Houston, he torched the Jaguars in both games, helping the Texans put up over 30 points in both games, and both of them were wins. So, I mean, Hoyer's a guy that has done it against the Jaguars, and he's done it recently Mm -hmm. against other teams. And uh, the Jaguars just need to be on their P's and Q's. They can't go into this game the same way they went into the Chargers game. They need to be ready to play, or the Bears are going to smoke them. Absolutely, yeah. He what, he's a real hot and cold kind of guy. Yeah, but against us, he's he's been hot. <laughs> so it has. It's just because he's the backup doesn't mean we can really take it easy. Exactly. So it's it's, it's going to be something to watch out for because he's 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 been playing great. He really has. So uh, aside from Hoyer um, torching the Jaguars last year and being on a real hot streak. It'll be an interesting matchup because, like we said earlier, our secondary has just been playing so much better. Yeah, defense is a lot different this year. Yeah, they're seventh. Our, the Jaguars were seventh in, in the NFL on defense and yards per game allowed, and we're also seventh in passing yards a game allowed. And we're only giving up 198 yards through the air a game, which is Pretty just good. That's great. Um, Moving on, uh, the Bears' defense—they've been decent against the pass. They're—it's—it's it's impressive with all the people that they have out. Yeah, but they have not been good against the run so far this year, mm-hmm. and that might be just exactly what the Jaguars need to play against—a mm-hmm. team that cannot uh, stop the run because the Jaguars desperately. Seems like we played a team kind of like that not too long ago. <laughs> yeah, the Hopefully Jaguars the... desperately need to keep that momentum going from yeah. the Colts game because the ball rolling. Other than that last game against the Colts, the the run game has just been non-existent. So um, hopefully for the Jaguars, uh, they'll be able to get it going against this Bears D that's at, giving up an average of 120 yards a game on the ground almost. Um, what's up with Alshon Jeffrey? Man, I, he's, the I, dude's on my fantasy team and he's killing me. I haven't trusted him since he left college. He's always yeah. been just a fat guy to me. <laughs> no, he was fat at uh, South Carolina, no he's, doubt. He's 49th in the league in targets. Yeah, that. I mean, that's, that's not his fault. Outrageous. He's a guy like Allen Robinson, just throw him the ball. Yeah. Just, just get it to him. Although, when you have, what is it, Cam- Cameron Meredith? Yeah, just going, going for 130 off. yards. Yeah. It doesn't hurt. When someone yeah. when you can you're able to look somebody else's way. Yeah, you're right, but I mean the Bears they need they gotta get to get going. Get going. They're they're you know they're one they've won one game. Yeah, you know they get Alshon get, get going your best football the players the ball. And you know just Alshon um, his matchup with Jalen Ramsey that's gonna be which fun. I think that's what will happen. I think uh, prior to Jalen Ramsey establishing himself and prior to him even being on the Jaguars. They weren't moving cornerbacks to follow receivers. The Jaguars' defense wasn't. Mm-hmm. I think now Ramsey did it last week with Hilton. 
uh, with T.Y. Hilton. And uh, I think they're going to probably try to keep doing that because if he can take away your opponent's best receiver, just do it. I think he's given up like 80 yards. Yeah, in the past five games. Yeah, if you That's don't include fun. that oh. uh, touchdown, which it's, it's is it on? Was yeah. it on Ramsey? Was on Gibson? Yeah, we're talking it's about that Philip Dorsett touchdown where it was just clearly a blown coverage. Um, it's not exactly clear whose fault that was, but I'm gonna go ahead and say I don't think it was Ramsey. Looked like Gibson was it was cutting on the out. Yeah, when the safety is the last line of defense, and right. you got a guy running twenty yards behind him. Yeah, so. Um, other than that, I mean, Jordan Howard. Yeah, I can see. I see his name on the itinerary, and it already gets my blood boiling because I know he's been playing lights out. Yeah, the last couple of games, I know personally because he decimated my fantasy team. These bears are just <laughs> killing us in fantasy. I have Alshon. He's not doing anything. Ugh. You're playing against Jordan Howard. Who the hell knows who he is? And he's just torching you. And uh, he's a guy. He's been averaging over five yards a carry. Um, this season, he's just been really impressive. Guy that came out of nowhere, and um, fifth round pick, I think it was. Yeah, you know, the two guys in front of him, Kadeem Carey and uh, Jeremy Langford. Jeremy Langford, Langford being the starter. Langford's had some injury troubles, and he hasn't been particularly impressive. I, th- when I think he's, been he's coming back anyways. this week. Actually, yeah. Hopefully, they give him the ball. Yeah, let's just yeah go with your starter. <laughs> yeah, just give the ball to Jeremy Langford and not Jordan Howard, and uh, we'll be all happy. Well, time ran out on us really quick here, Scott. I think we had a okay first show. There's definitely yeah, some things we can improve on. But yeah, the most important thing cool. is we had a good time, and I think that everybody listening will have a good time. And um, I cannot wait for next week. Yeah, hopefully we can come back next week and talk to you about a Jaguars victory against the Bears. I'm going to be all sorts of fired up. <laughs> Hell yeah. So again, I'm Jordan DeLugo. You can follow me at Jordan DeLugo on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm with Scott Klein. You can follow hey. him at Scott Klein one And we are Generation Jaguar for the Generation Jaguar podcast. You can follow us at Generation Jag on Twitter and at Generation Jaguar on Facebook and Instagram. And make sure to check out our website, genjag.com. Thanks for stopping by. We really appreciate it. I'm gonna give him, I'm gonna give him one. Duval! <laughs> Hell yeah. Thanks, guys. I see. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.